This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, people, time for a little State of the Union pod right now in the state of tennis. Of course, much of it at the moment in flux as we look ahead to 2021, the Australian Open. Seems like it's going to start definitively on February 8th now, which is a couple weeks later than normal uh, for the beginning of the Australian Open, the first major of the calendar year. Uh, Australia, for those of you who have been paying any attention to quarantine issues around the world, know that the officials in Australia, the government officials, take it extremely, and I mean extremely, seriously. If you're an Australian citizen and you're coming back into the country You get quarantined for two weeks in a government-controlled hotel. They tell you where to go. Um, And you basically, not basically, you cannot leave your room for two consecutive weeks, 14 straight days. They bring you three meals a day. Our own Darren Cahill, our own, meaning at ESPN, one of my colleagues there, when he came back from Europe after he'd gone over to work with Simona Halep uh, during the French Open uh, before that, <clears throat> he went back to Australia, and he, like everybody else, had to quarantine for two weeks. So that was a big uh, sticking point in the negotiations between both the men's and women's tours um, and the Tennis Australia, which runs the Australian Open, and then Tennis Australia having to go back and forth with the Australian authorities. So uh, they finally came to an agreement that the players would be able to stay in uh, a bubble-like hotel, very similar to what they did uh, in New York at the U.S. Open at the end of this summer. Uh, but they would be able to practice uh, on either the grounds of Melbourne Park, which is where the Australian Open is played, or the other practice site, which they used for the tournament called Albert Reserve, also close to, um, to where the Australian Open event is played in, the, in Melbourne, the city area. Initially, they weren't going to allow the players to, to do any of that. So you can imagine there is a lot of pushback from the players uh, and the association saying, listen, we can't go down. How could we possibly go down there for two uh, weeks, not even leave our hotel room and then be prepared to uh, play a a major, you know, for the men, best of five, for the women, obviously best of three. But, I mean, even play any tournament. But uh, so they were able to come to an agreement that the players will be allowed to practice during the two-week quarantine no competitions allowed to happen. Uh, it's a little bit different from what happened in New York. In New York, once they got tested and through the, uh, a few days, they were able to have the Cincinnati tournament, uh, which took place at the site of the U.S. Open, leading into the U.S. Open. So there may be something similar. We haven't heard definitively yet from, the, from Tennis Australia, but the players will now be able to practice for two hours with one other player. They'll be able to have fitness work for two hours, on on site because they set up gyms and whatnot for uh, the players on site. And then one hour of uh, nutrition, basically one meal, uh, and that's it. The rest of the time they have to go back to their hotel. Uh, Once they get through that two-week period, they will then be able uh, to hold an event if they can pull that off, meaning sort of a warm-up. ATP or WTA, maybe both event. Um, I'm guessing, I'm suspecting at this point that that will happen at the home of the Australian Open at Melbourne Park. So we will see. That's why um, 
you know, it's taken a bit longer for them to get the, the, the plan in place because there was a lot of pushback from the Australian government, um, the head of Victoria, which is the state of Victoria, which is where Melbourne is, um, I guess wasn't too pleased from what I understand from some of my sources that uh, Tennis Australia was sort of going ahead with some plans before uh, clearing it or not clearing it in the appropriate way with uh, the Victorian government. So the head of the Victorian government said, listen, you know, nothing's going to get done unless we give you the green light. Uh, and it, it, it kind of brings me back to what happened here in New York where, where I live and where the U.S. Open took place, which was... Uh, you know, the back and forth that went on between the USTA and the, the local city government, New York, the state government, and so on. So there was a lot of uh, negotiating and back and forth before anything at all was, was announced. So it sounds like potentially uh, Tennis Australia maybe jumped the gun just a little bit. But I think uh, it sounds like things are falling into place for this to take place. Uh, obviously, some of the other tournaments on the schedule will need to be adjusted uh there is some talk uh at the qualifying event remember the u.s open did not have a qualifying they canceled the qualifying because that's a whole nother batch of a couple hundred players that would come in so the australians are, are from what i'm hearing is that they will likely have the qualifying take place in another country maybe multiple countries not sure maybe in you know the middle east they traditionally have quite a few warm-up events uh, in the beginning of the year, just before the Australian Open takes place. So maybe it happens there, but you can imagine uh, what is going to have to happen, uh, you know, the negotiations for that to happen. Uh, the Austra Tennis Australia is saying that they're going to fly everybody into the country. They're going to arrange travel. I don't know if they're going to do that with one of the Australian Airlines charter planes how that's going to work. Obviously, that's going to be extremely expensive. They're saying that the prize money, the total prize money is going to essentially stay the same, uh, although there will be more money, it sounds like, in the first couple of rounds, which is a good thing. I think there should that should happen anyway, by the way, going forward. So maybe this is one thing that comes out of this uh, global pandemic and some of the challenges that are happening. I did put out on my uh, Twitter earlier today, if anyone had any, any issues or any things that they wanted to hear discussed, a couple of people, uh, including Eric McGuire, wanted to know about Fed and what to expect from Fed when he returns. He's less than a year away from being 40. The, 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 the decline has to be coming in a big way. No, this is Eric uh, sending a tweet to me. Well, we, I said that probably four or five years ago before Roger came back off the knee injury and then won the Australian Open in what was one of the great performances of his career, and there have been many, uh, you know, winning a few five-setters and then coming from breakdown in the fifth against Nadal to win it. Then he went on to win Wimbledon. So I'm never going to say it's, uh, it's over for Federer again because the Federer fans like to keep reminding me of that. Uh, but it certainly seems like it's going to be more and more difficult. I mean, especially when you look at where Djokovic and Nadal are, which are still at the top, and then the fact that since Roger's been out, which was basically at the end of the Australian Open this, this year, uh, you know, you've had Medvedev improve, well, maybe not improve, but be more solid at the top. Obviously had a great year last year, but finished strong this year, winning in Paris and then winning the year-end championships in London. You had team 
uh, go up a notch or two by winning his first major, the U.S. Open, finishing the year pretty strong, good performance to reach the final. You know, sits a pass. These guys are just a year, uh, you know, more season. So I, I don't think that they're going to be easier to beat uh, for Federer, uh, which is not to say he can't do it. But uh, uh, so I think it's going to be difficult for Roger. But that being said, he's Roger. And uh, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to come back and even attempt to play unless he thinks he can be competitive and, and, and play in some of those big matches again. Uh Someone wants to know, uh, GGMP would like to know about the future of line judges. Well, we, we would, we've seen that, uh, you know, the Hawkeye system, which is what we've used for challenges for years. We call it ShotSpot at ESPN. Uh, we get a sponsored element so we can get some money out of it if it's a sponsored uh, thing during our telecast. But, you know, Hawkeye, as was used during the the pre-U.S. Open tournament, Cincinnati used it was just an umpire in the chair and Hawkeye. Same thing at the year-end championships, and you can't you can't deny the fact that it worked extremely well. I mean, it just worked unbelievably well. In fact, uh, so as much as I appreciate the lines people around the world who give up a lot to be lines people, it's not like they're making a lot of money. They make some money, uh, but uh, you know they're people that support tennis and love tennis you know a lot of them play tennis or play at some level and these are people that also maybe umpire tournaments locally where they live in whatever country they're from uh so so i think in the highest level of pro tennis we'll probably be seeing less and less line judges now not all the smaller events can afford to have the hawkeye system which is fairly expensive um to have so it's uh it's questionable whether or not they'll disappear completely obviously many people uh, are arguing that that shouldn't happen. I think the best thing to ha would happen is that uh, you get it right, you get the calls right, you simplify. Certainly in the age of COVID, uh, hopefully this will pass in a few months. We're all looking forward to that uh, possibly happening with the vaccine coming through. But certainly in this time when you're trying to limit the number of people on site, it doesn't make sense to have lines judges because that's just a lot of extra people that you don't need. Again, I'm sorry to if I'm offending any of them, but that's just a reality. So I think that you'll see uh, there'll be less and less of them at the highest level events because, uh, again, the system, the Hawkeye system works extremely well. It's much easier for the players to deal with, much easier for the umpires, for the fans to follow it. Uh, people argue, well, the human element of having the lines judges is something that uh, we shouldn't lose in tennis. You know, I don't entirely agree with I mean, I, I, I think it was nice, but I don't think it makes or breaks the tennis match. You know, people aren't watching the tennis match to look at the lines people around the court. So as you know from me being a tennis person, I travel a lot. Normally I travel a lot, but not as much, not recently, obviously in the last year. But what would you say out there, people, is the most important thing when you travel, when you go to a hotel? What's the most important thing when you get it, when you check into a hotel? It's clean, right? That's probably number one. Number two, what would you say it was? Be the bed and the pillow. Okay. The pillow in the bed. And so I just started sleeping. I just got the my pillow, right? I can't believe that I didn't have one of these things for years. I ordered the MyPillow. Yes, they've been kind enough to sponsor my podcast, right? But 
I started sleeping with it in the last week. It's like a whole new world. You got to check this out. Premium My Pillow. Okay, they're on sale now for the holiday season. You can get a premium My Pillow. Regularly is sixty nine ninety eight. Now just twenty nine ninety eight. That's forty bucks off. You gotta you gotta check this out. Twenty nine ninety eight for a queen size premium my pillow. Buy now, and um, old Mike, you know he'll he'll add he'll, he'll do some add ons as well. So you can go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square. Amazing other products. I ordered one of those little pillows for my dog. Okay, my kids loved it. They said it was, I ordered the medium size. I have a little Yorkie, so he's pretty small. But uh, they said that it was a little big. I got the, you have a large, a medium, and a small. I probably should have gotten the small, but tremendous. I got the sheets, uh, got some towels as well. So here's what you do. Okay, you order the queen size premium my pillow. Buy it now. Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square. There you'll find not only this unbelievable offer, but discounts on all the other products, including a few I mentioned already. Make sure you use the promo code COURT, C-O-U-R-T. All right, one of the other issues that's been uh, floating around social media in the tennis world has been uh, some reports that potentially Indian Wells, the BNP Paribas Open, which happens in March and mid, usually mid, mid, mid March will be canceled uh, this year. I'm hearing from my uh, sources that there's still lots of communication ongoing. Um, I do know that they would like to, to have the term. Of course they'd like to, but they would like to even have the term. And if there are no or very limited fans, of course, if you remember correctly, uh, Indian Wells in 20, in 2020, back in March, really the first major, sporting event in this country to get canceled. It was right when uh, cases were just starting to happen in, in California. There was multiple cases in the Palm Springs area, uh, which is where Indian Wells is located uh, close by there. Um, so a lot of people travel in. Many of the players were already there training, getting ready for the tournament. So I'm hearing that uh, Indian Wells, uh, they would like to have it happen. I do not think it's going to be canceled uh, obviously everybody in the tennis world, as I said earlier, waiting to see what's going to happen with the Australian Open. Now that we know that's going to start later, you know, potentially the players could, could even go straight from Australia out to California um, and continue playing outdoors. If the Australian Open will, would, will end now in mid-February, mid mid to late February. Uh, and because, you know, there are normally tournaments that happen in the Middle East and in Europe after uh, and some in South America as well, right after the Australian Open. Uh, so all those things are, uh, I'm sure, presently being negotiated to see uh, what fits best in the, in the schedule, what can get the most tournaments played. The, I think the tennis tours, particularly the men's tour, they really get a lot of tournaments in in this uh, second part of the year, particularly in the fall in Europe. There are a lot of tournaments that most of them had had very little fans, if any. Uh, I expect to see more of that through the first quarter of the year. And then you hope by the time we get to the late spring, early summer, and I've got a lot of questions on Twitter about this, about Wimbledon. Well, Wimbledon is going to happen. I think the uh, All England Club has is, is, is made it pretty clear that Wimbledon will happen. Uh, it was the only major not to 
take place this past year. Of course, the U.S. Open and the French Open were both held with, with no fans, a few fans at the French Open. Uh, I believe Wimbledon will happen. It depends on where we all are with the vaccine and with the pandemic by it's always early July that Wimbledon takes place. So uh, that, you know, we will see. But again, hopefully by the, by the late spring, maybe early summer, uh, you can start to see some more of these professional tennis events happen uh, with with more fans. Uh, full fans, you know, that's uh, up for debate. You know, that's questionable. Will there be, will there be concerts? You know, will there be outdoor uh, shows? Uh, those, are, those are all things that uh, are very, very much up in the air at this point. So that's a quick state of the union for you on the world of tennis. Again, thanks to my new sponsor, MyPillow. You can go to the number that I told you about uh, earlier and check some stuff out. I'll give it to you one more time. Give them one more plug. Go to MyPillow.com, and you can click on the radio listener square. Uh, you can, again, you can see all the different stuff. they've. i got a plethora of it in my house now. It's, it's really uh, awesome stuff, all made in the USA. 1-800-875-1023. That's 1-800-875-1023. Make sure you use the promo code COURT, C-O-U-R-T. This has been another edition of Holding Court with me, Patrick McInerney. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. Mudhouse Media.